fans and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast where we cover everything Wisconsin athletics. My name is Tyler Hunt and on today's show we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to start with an intriguing topic about an article I wrote up yesterday on Bucky's Fifth Quarter.com regarding Wisconsin baseball. A lot of discussion, a lot of uh, talk uh, after that article came out so I wanted to touch on it on the podcast as well. After that, we've got plenty of football news to get to. We've got some talks of Big Ten divisions going away. We've got some kickoff times. We've got some new offers that Wisconsin's focusing on. We've got some official visit sets. And then we've got a little bit of basketball to talk about at the end with a new offer in the 2023 class for head coach Greg Gard. So plenty to get to um, as we catch up over the last week or so. I do apologize. We've kind of been doing one episode a week. Um, Just closed on the house um, earlier or later last week. Uh, so it was a pretty busy time with walkthrough and, and signing 100 different documents. So a lot going on outside of the podcast, but hopefully now that the, some of that's settled and once we get moved, uh, the podcast will be able to come out more regularly. But I think the one podcast a week has been fine for the last few weeks because it's kind of been a slow time of year and this gives us plenty to talk about. So we'll go ahead and get started here. And as I mentioned, we're going to start with a conversation about Wisconsin baseball. So if you're someone who doesn't read Bucky's fifth quarter, go over and check it out. I had a write-up on just talking about Wisconsin, bringing back Wisconsin baseball and why I think they should. Now, they haven't had a baseball program since 1991. If you did read that article, it got way more eyeballs and attention than I ever expected. A lot of comments, you know, a lot of comments for, a lot of comments, um, not really a ton against. I'd say it's about 90-10, but even the 10% that were, quote-unquote, against it brought plausible arguments. And I I think would be happy if they brought it back, but they aren't going to sit there and and be upset if it isn't brought back. So it was a really interesting discussion. Uh, I know it's been talked about before on, on our site, but... You know, to, to watch this past weekend, I'm a big fan of college baseball. Um, so this past weekend was, of course, you had the conference tournaments, you had the SEC tournament, which is huge down south, of course, just means more uh, down in, in that area. Um, but then you had, you know, the, the NCAA tournament bracket announced, uh, unfortunately for the Big Ten, just Michigan got in after winning the Big Ten tournament. Uh, I feel like Rutgers and even Iowa were kind of snubbed from there. Um, but it's an exciting time for college baseball. You'll have the the regionals coming up, which I think is, is almost more exciting um, than the College World Series in a way because you get these teams that um, essentially have four-team double and elimination tournaments, a lot of fun to watch. And then you have the, the Super Regionals the following weekend, which is a best-of-three series to go on to the College World Series, which is a big eight-team double elimination tournament that is always a, a ton of fun to watch in Omaha. Unfortunately, I haven't been there myself in person. It's a bucket list item uh, for sure, but... I just thought it would be so cool to see a Wisconsin team competing for a regional spot. And and the fact that Wisconsin baseball has not been something that's brought been brought back. And, and, and honestly, I don't think it's anything that's close to coming back at this point in time. You know, as I mentioned, they have not had a team since 1991. The team back then, really not super competitive. And, and you know, the, the cut was made because of budgetary restraints you know it was almost two million dollars in savings according uh to some articles online 
do I really buy that? Yeah, maybe at the time, you know, you look at Wisconsin athletics, it's a very different picture today than what it was back then in, in the 90s when you look at, you know, football, that a 30-year span before that, mediocre at best. I think even calling them mediocre in that 30-year span is, is being generous. Wisconsin basketball really struggled. I mean, men's basketball really struggled during that time. I mean, they had maybe uh, two or three seasons over a 30-year span where they were over 500. So it was kind of a, a tough time for Wisconsin athletics in general. It wasn't just the baseball team that was struggling at that time. So I know that was one of the things that, that people maybe opposed bringing Wisconsin baseball back was for that reason. But I don't think when you look at today's state of baseball in the state of Wisconsin, I don't think that you have a situation where you're going to have that same uncompetitive team as someone who follows prep baseball. And, and I, I coached for the GRB Academy in Madison, which is one of the top you know travel programs in the state of Wisconsin and entire, in the entire country. There's a lot of talent in the state of Wisconsin that could play baseball and are instead, you know, leaving the state of Wisconsin to go play at other places. I mean, there's a handful of players that you can name that went on and, and even are playing in the pros now that played, you know, their prep ball in the state of Wisconsin and, and Wisconsin wasn't even an option for them at the collegiate level because this program has never been brought back. So in terms of the opposition, I think that's kind of a, a weak excuse was saying that the team was bad back in the 90s because I think that'd be a very different picture today. I mean, Wisconsin has been so competitive in these non-revenue sports. I don't think that would change with baseball. I think you'd have a very competitive team in that regard. You know, you look at the club team uh, for UW-Madison, very good, very competitive year in and year out. MATC has always had a strong baseball program. Prep baseball is really good in the area. You've got 10 different Northwoods League teams that people are very much invested in. The Mallards right in UW's backyard is uh, a team. I actually interned for the Mallards. It was sold out you know, most nights, a crowd very into the game watching it. So I don't think college baseball is something that the, the people of Madison wouldn't buy into. And I, I don't think the, the competitiveness is something that is a real argument for me when you look at how much the state of baseball has changed in the state of Wisconsin. I mean, you've got uh, a kid can play every weekend, uh, highly competitive baseball all summer long if they want to. That wasn't the case in, in that time, 1990. I mean, when I was coming up, it was Little League and travel ball was just starting to become a thing where you could put you know teams together from different kids in different schools. So the game has changed so much. Kids have gotten so much better, so much faster, and I, I don't think that's a valid excuse. I know there's other things. Of course, the big one, um, and I didn't mention this in the article as much because I was just kind of talking about the want to bring it back, is, is of course, Title IX. I know there's mentions that that's always been you know, part of the reasoning why they've been, you know, we've been told it doesn't come back is because of Title IX. But there are ways around Wisconsin, you know, either adding, you know, a, a woman's sport or, or equaling out the athletes. You look at college baseball, you're not going to be getting uh, a whole host of scholarship athletes there. The whole team, um, maybe maybe half of the team would be a, a player under scholarship that way. So there are ways around it if Wisconsin wanted to do it. I just don't feel like there's a, a want there from the athletic department. I know Barry Alvarez always got the point, the finger pointed at him. He wasn't actually the one that cut the program. It was Pat Richter um, when he was the athletic director, and Barry Alvarez had never really you know, talked about bringing it back, was always kind of adamant that there were no plans or discussions to bring it back. The other, of course, reasoning that the people talked about a lot was was the weather, but I don't buy that. They play, <laughs> they play baseball in Duluth. They play baseball in Minneapolis. They play baseball in Iowa City. Iowa is, is one of the top teams in the Big Ten. 
the weather's not that much different there. If anything, it's worse up north. They find a way to play games. So I think Wisconsin would be able to find that way. And, and facilities, that's that's certainly a part of it. And you talk about the Mallards having a, a very nice park in, in Warner Park there. I don't know how that would all work with them possibly playing games there. That's that's a whole other can of worms that you'd have to open up, but certainly a possible facility if you could make it happen. So it, I, I would I would really love, if you haven't read it already, go over, check it out. Let me know what you think. You know, It wasn't meant to be an article that, that stirred up so much discussion, but I'm glad that it did. I think you know it was a top 10 you know, read article uh, across all of SB Nation yesterday. So I think it just clearly shows that people very much care and, and would be interested in bringing Wisconsin baseball back. I know there's certainly hurdles that you have to get through, but if Wisconsin wanted to, they certainly could. They could find their way around that. Um, and so I think it's a really interesting discussion, and I think it shows that people really would like to see it. And I think it would be exciting to see Wisconsin baseball, you know, playing and, and coming back and, and putting a competitive team on the field. So I'm not going to hold my breath. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, but clearly there's a lot of support for it. There's been petitions in the past. There's been talks in the past. It really hasn't gotten off the ground. I know it was always, oh, maybe when Barry Alvarez resigns or, or excuse me, you know, retires and, and hands over the keys to someone else, then maybe be brought back. Chris McIntosh, you know, heading into year two now uh he started july 1st you're coming up on you know the end of the first year into the second year i can't imagine maybe there's been discussions behind closed doors but i can't imagine there's been any sort of progress and in wanting to bring that back so there's certainly hurdles there's certainly obstacles that you'd have to work around to bring the sport back but i think there's clearly support it's just does uw want to i don't think so it's certainly costly it's certainly you know a little bit of groundwork to get that program back but i think it was a mistake to cut it in the first place and now is a chance where you could maybe someday bring it back but again I won't hold my breath so again if you read it thank you for doing so if not go check it out let me know what you think talk some Wisconsin baseball it's a really interesting interesting topic I know it's been talked about on B5Q but you know watching though the the selection show and the regionals the SEC tournaments and and all that it just made me really think man it'd be it'd be cool to see Wisconsin get back in that playing field. You know, it's been 20 years. They cut it in 1991. I think it really is is about time to, to, to take a hard look and see if they could possibly bring it back. So we'll see. But uh, either way, thank you guys for checking that out if you have already. All right, we'll go ahead and transition over into some football news now. Another big discussion, of course, that came out last week was the Big Ten discussing cutting divisions in, in between the East and the West. So if you guys missed it, last week the NCA essentially said they would relax their stance on needing divisions, which essentially means you don't have a division requirement for your conference. You can just kind of play with the top two teams in your conference championship game. Shortly after that, the Pac-12 announced that they would be scrapping divisions, and the top two teams in the Pac-12 would play for the conference championship. They want to get their two best teams in the title game and for the last few years the divisions have hindered that so when you look at the you know when you look at the pac-12 quickly going that the acc has always been a conference that has been in favor of that so it would not surprise me if they're quick to follow suit and then that kind of turns eyes to the big 10 when you look at it the pac-12 acc big 10 went into their alliance last year last fall and a band together against the the mighty sec who was of course announced to add Texas and Oklahoma to their conference. So it would make 
sense. I think it's not a matter of if, but more a matter of when that the Big Ten follows suit and the ACC follows suit of the big Pac-12. It's crazy to say that the Pac-12 is kind of the leader in this sort of new world of, of college football. But I do think eventually you're going to get to a point where the Big Ten will scrap their divisions and just take their top two teams and play a rotating schedule. And I think if you're a big te- team of the Big Ten East, you're probably happy with that. There's been, you know, if you look at it the past decade, there have been three years where it would have been different based on the top two. It certainly would have benefited the University of Michigan as they've always kind of been that that second team to almost get a rematch against uh, Ohio State for Wisconsin. They would have one year where they were passed up uh, for, in favor of Penn State. So certainly some changes, but when you look at it, I think that change is, is, is somewhat due. I mean, you look at last year's drubbing in the Big Ten title game, Michigan-Ohio State, I think a second time back-to-back would have been a much more competitive game than the 42-3 just beatdown that we saw of an Iowa team that really had no business being in that title game, and no one in the Big Ten West really did. The Big Ten West, since it became a division of its own, has not won a Big Ten title. They've had shots to prove that they are on that same playing field and at equal and competitive in that, and they just haven't. So now I think when you look at it, if you're a team in the Big Ten East, like a Michigan, like a Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan State, those top four, top heavy divisions, this is certainly something that if it were to come to fruition would be great for you. I think if you're a team like Maryland, Rutgers, Indiana, I know Indiana's kind of developed a superiority complex after one good COVID season, but 2-10 and last year, now all of a sudden you have to compete with seven other teams from the West. I, I think maybe they'd be a little bit more uh, apprehensive, but they seem. I saw some articles that a lot of Indiana fan bases and others would be on board for that. For if you're, for, but if you're a team in the West, I, I think this is actually a, a good move forward. When you look at right now recruiting, six of the top or seven of the top eight teams in terms of Big Ten rankings for the 2023 class are from the East. So you're gonna start to see if this becomes a thing where they're getting rid of the West and East division. That maybe the level playing fields would kind of level out in that recruiting game as well. And if you're Wisconsin, you know, it, it would certainly have bumped you out of, of one title game, but it, it gets everyone on that same playing field and it gives you, uh, you know, the iron sharpens iron mentality where if you want to be in the title game, you got to win enough games. You don't have to just try and survive a, a weaker division. So I think it'd be a great move for the Big Ten. And again, if you're you know someone who's kind of against it, you know, it's an easier path to the West, certainly. But in the long run, it hurts the overall product of the Big Ten to have 42-3 to championship games. They want competitive games at the Big Ten title game. And as a conference, I think everyone should kind of be in favor in that, where if you, you, you can't reward mediocrity for so long. And right now that's kind of been what the Big Ten West has been. Good good enough to win their division, but going into the title game, there's there's been times where you know Wisconsin played Ohio State close one year, but most of these Big Ten title games have been decided by, by 10 points or more. So you're looking at a situation where the Big Ten West has had opportunities, just hasn't been that competitive. So I think I'm in favor of these divisions and this division talk kind of coming to fruition. And again, it seems like a matter of when, not if, with this alliance, the Pac-12 already trending that, or already, you know, going that way, the ACC uh, likely, you know, following suit, and then the Big Ten likely with that alliance would probably be on the same board. You'd probably lose a conference game, but you, maybe you'd pick up a non-conference game against some schools in the Pac-12 and ACC. So I think those three conferences are going to be very similar to one another as they continue this alliance moving forward. But certainly an interesting discussion there. Another article that I wrote up on B5Q, kind of talking about that. So go ahead and, and 
bring some discourse to, to that uh, article as well. All right, we'll go ahead and get into some news now. Before we do that, I've got to talk to you guys about homefieldapparel.com. We're in the middle of big news Saturday, season four, heading into week three here uh, on the uh, big news Saturday. It started with Arkansas, dropped Arizona State last week, and now they'll be dropping Arizona this upcoming week. Teams that Wisconsin certainly very familiar with um, in terms of uh, heated games in the past. But if you're looking to pick up some new gear, I must say, I, I know I've talked about it before, the Arkansas collection was, I think, one of their best ever. The Arizona State one, very good as well, and I'm sure this Arizona one will be uh, high quality based on some of the sneak peeks that I've seen. And if you want to sign up for Big News Saturday Season 4, it's now a $20 cost, 41% savings. You'll get a T-shirt from their new collection every single week. You don't have to worry about it. You just you know, you know sit back, relax, let them make the choice for you. They always come through with uh, an absolutely fire shirt that you can... Um, expect weekly and I think that's a awesome deal um, for them moving forward so if you sign up today you'll, your subscription will be $20 a week for the remaining schools significant discount you're getting a great high quality t-shirt this isn't just some thin crappy shirt it's it's the most comfortable stuff that I own I have a home field uh, apparel t-shirt and it's a guy that works from home it's usually now that we're getting into summer a pair of shorts a home field t-shirt comfort all day long. So go over and check that out, homefieldapparel.com. Save yourself 40%. Get your summer wardrobe picked up a little bit, and you'll be added to the subscription for the rest of the big new Saturday season four. All the collections have been great so far, and I do not expect anything different from home field as we move forward. All right, getting into some news now. We've got, of course, the big one from last week was some start times announced for Wisconsin's uh, few first few games. Of course, the opening game on September 3rd is against Illinois State. That will be at 6 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. So a night game at Camp Randall's start. Hard to beat. It should be beautiful weather. Really exciting time for Wisconsin. The following week, Saturday, 9-10 against an intriguing matchup with Washington State. 2-30 on Fox. Following week, once again, 2-30 on Big Ten Network against the New Mexico State Aggies. The following Saturday is a big one, of course, at Ohio State. That will be on ABC. Time not yet announced, but you would probably expect, based on being on ABC, an afternoon or a night game. Generally, Fox has the you know the 11 o'clock game that they really take and run with. So you would think, based on that, um, there's some other good games that week that Fox could have that uh, certainly would be a 11 o'clock kick. So you would think Wisconsin could get that 2:30 or a night game in Columbus. <laughs> certainly a tough one for the Badgers, but awesome to see. It should be a really fun matchup there uh, with Ohio State, a team that Wisconsin is, is due to get a victory against. Um, after that, Saturday, 10-8 uh, at Northwestern will be a 2.30 game. TV not um, announced yet, but an 11 a.m. Avoid an 11 a.m. game in Evanston, which is uh, a huge win in itself. I mean, you're seeing all these 2.30 games, which is awesome for Wisconsin fans after an absolutely brutal uh, home schedule last year that it seemed like every kick was 11 o'clock and, and really had no chance to have any fun before the game, ingesting any adult, adult beverages and other um, things. You didn't get a chance to, to you know, go out and get your food. It was always you had to wake up and, uh, and get to the stadium. So these 2.30 kicks are going to be awesome. Same thing at Michigan State, 2.30 uh, on Saturday, 10.15, and then 2.30 at home the following Saturday against Purdue. So there's still a few games that we – um, don't know Illinois, Maryland at Iowa at Nebraska and versus Minnesota, but otherwise 
you would have to think of those games you're likely going to have Iowa could be an early kick Minnesota's generally usually a a 2:30 kick uh, I would have to imagine they'd probably follow that suit. Nebraska at Nebraska could certainly be a night game. These other ones, you know, Illinois, Maryland, could certainly be early games. But it's nice to see that this uh, this schedule is a lot better for Wisconsin fans. Everybody talked about last year. It was kind of a brutal schedule. There were some great games on the schedule, but all these early starts really kind of hampered um, the season. This year, the schedule, at least for the home slate, not as high quality as last year, but you've got a, a really good schedule in terms of time to uh, make the game experience much more fun. So great to see that Wisconsin uh, got a schedule that I think works really well in the fans' favor. Next, in terms of news, we had a quick announcement for Nick Herbig. He was named to the Lot Impact Award list watch. Uh, per their website, the award is given and named after, of course, uh, Hall of Famer Ronnie Lott. The, it goes to the Defensive Impact Player of the Year, a player who has the biggest impact on his team, both on and off the field. Impact stands for integrity, maturity, performance, academics, community, and tenacity. So all characters that were exhibited by Ronnie Lott. I think this is a, a great honor for Nick Herbig. Certainly his play on the field is is very much up there. He's a high-quality player, and I think he's going to be due for an even bigger season but very much a, a, an active player off the field as well. Jim Leonard was previously a finalist for the, this award back in 2004, and it's nice to see. And, of course, uh, defensive end J.J. Watt won the award in 2010. Chris Borland was also a finalist. So Wisconsin's been very representative of this award, and it's really nice to see Nick Herbig also getting that honor. Hopefully he can uh, continue to to play the way he has been. I think if his play on the field continues like that, he'll certainly be in the finalists, and, and his activity off the field is certainly a, a, a great one, so it's nice to see uh, that he's getting recognized for his efforts in such a, you know, when you, you talk about on, these on and off the field awards, I, I'm sure, you know, if just the on-field accolades mean a lot, but I'm sure for a lot of players to get some of these ones that are a little bit more focused on academics and your impact off the field is, is certainly a, a high honor, and it's nice to see that Nick Herbig is on that watch list moving forward. All right, up next in terms of news, we've got, of course, a offer to talk about in the 2023 class, specifically at the quarterback position. This is a, uh, kind of a conversation that we've had for weeks now about what Wisconsin was going to do in that 2023 quarterback you know, kind of position. We've talked about it that they weren't super active there, but you had to think they were going to want to take a player there. They missed out on some of their other guys that they had top of the board. So they went out and offered Lincoln Kineholds out of Pierre, South Dakota, and he's got Wisconsin in his top four as he's moving forward. He announced that his list of four schools is uh, Wisconsin, along with North Dakota State as a South Dakota kid going to NDSU is probably um, very high on a list as well. The University of Washington and Wyoming made the cut. So I think Wisconsin's, and you look at it, this is probably your, your guy that you really want to go for. He's very much interested. It's a top four that I think you could certainly win out on. You need a 2023 quarterback, and I think this is going to be the guy that Wisconsin's really going to make every sort of pitch that they can for him. He'll be on campus this upcoming weekend, which is so will be his first official visit. That's always nice to get. Should be a beautiful weekend in Madison. You can hopefully get him on campus, impress him, and then We'll see what the other ones. I'm sure he's been to North Dakota State already. Washington will be maybe official visit for him down the road. So this upcoming weekend is a big weekend for recruiting in terms of guys that they're hosting. And I think Lincoln Kineholz is a guy that you really 
want to pay attention to. Keep an eye on his you know, Twitter account. He hasn't announced when he'll be making official commitment. Certainly going to take these visits. But if all goes well, I think you can look at Wisconsin certainly being kind of in the driver's seat for that conversation. As a junior last year, Kyle holds throw for 3,359 yards, 55% completion percentage, and 37 touchdowns with just six interceptions. He also ran for 1,000 yards and 12 touchdowns. So certainly a guy that we've talked about in the past, mobile in terms of getting out of the pocket. He's certainly a throw first quarterback. I don't want to sit here and say that he's going to be what you'd call a traditional scrambler, but he's shown ability that he can use his feet to get out of situations, which is kind of what Wisconsin looks for in their quarterbacks in terms of they're going to want a guy who can sit in the pocket and deliver throws, but the ability to escape the pocket, make some plays dangerous with your your feet is advantageous for the Wisconsin offense that they like to run. So we'll keep an eye on that. As I mentioned, he'll be on campus, 6'3", 185 pounds. So a really good kid in terms of of size, kind of what Wisconsin's looking for, and I think um, could really be a nice pickup for the Badgers as they move forward here in that 2023 class. This has got to be, I I think, a guy that's top of the board for Wisconsin trying to get that 2023 quarterback spot all but nailed down. In terms of other recruiting updates, we do have a new offer that went out in 2023. Three-star cornerback Sabur Karim out of West Orange, New Jersey, West Orange High School, earned an offer from Wisconsin this past Friday. He's got plenty of offers on his list as well, including Duke, Georgia Tech, Illinois, Louisville, Maryland, Syracuse, Virginia Tech, West Virginia, and a handful of others. He is going to be on campus for the Fighting Illini this upcoming weekend. It seems like they are in the driver's seat for him at this time, but we'll see if Wisconsin can kind of close that gap. He's a very interesting cornerback prospect, you know, three-star kid standing at six foot three, kind of a bigger corner. I know Wisconsin has kind of been focusing, you know, Hank Poteet wants a taller corner, kind of in that 5'11", 6 foot, 6'1", range. So getting a 6'3 player um, would certainly be an interesting prospect to have at that cornerback position with just great size on the outside, really good hands. He's also a guy that can kind of play in some special teams. If you watch um, his highlight tape, you can see he's got the skills to, to really play at a high level. As I mentioned, you know, a 6'3 guy, but still good speed to, to play at that cornerback position. So that's certainly one to watch. You know, As I mentioned, Illinois seems to be the team that is right now in contention and, and probably leading the way, but Wisconsin made that offer, and we've seen Wisconsin and Illinois go head-to-head on some of these recruits so far, and, and there's been a lot of situations where Wisconsin uh, can win out on these situations. So we'll see if he announced maybe an official visit down the road to Wisconsin. It would be huge. But right now he'll be uh, heading to Illinois this weekend, and we'll see uh, how that kind of works out for him. But certainly a guy that to, to keep an eye on in terms of Wisconsin um, and, and the guys they're going after. Some other quick updates for you. Uh, Brad Spence out of Houston has cut his list of schools. Uh, Wisconsin did make it, so he's also got Arkansas, Arizona State, Cal, Duke, Mississippi State, Mizzou, Nebraska, Texas, and Utah that he's still con- considering. So he's a guy that kind of plays all over the field. It'd be interesting to see where he ends up at Wisconsin, but nice to see that he has got them in their top 10. Still a player that Wisconsin could win out on. 2023, three-star, kind of edge kid um, that plays all over the field. If Wisconsin could make a run at it, it would certainly be um, an interesting one. Other updates, 2023 four-star safety Damon Walters is staying home, going to Northwestern. Not super surprising when you look at Wisconsin was very interested in him, but got the commitment of Justin Taylor, who we talked about a couple weeks ago on the podcast, that it seemed like you probably weren't going to land both of them when you look at the you know, a four-star safety 
also a kid that's very familiar with Northwestern, kind of right in their backyard. And maybe this was kind of a place that he wanted to go all along. So it seemed like it was kind of trending that way already. And Wisconsin, of course, didn't win out on that one. But best of luck to to Damon Walters. It seems like that's a school that he was really waiting for and wanting to go. um, And that uh, really brought him to Northwestern. In addition to uh, some other recruiting updates, Wisconsin was in the top six for 2023 three-star wideout Hilton Alexander the second, but he will be staying and playing at Wake Forest. Uh, Of course, as I mentioned, Wisconsin was in the conversation, did not quite win out on that one. An interesting uh, player that Wisconsin had on the board out of Georgia, uh, a taller, pretty good speedy receiver with hands, but uh, decided to end up at Wake Forest. So best of luck to him as we move forward in this recruiting cycle. Our last topic in terms of football recruiting, as I mentioned, it's a big weekend for Wisconsin football this upcoming weekend with 11 official visits on campus. A lot of players at Wisconsin, you know, high, high top of the board type guys that Wisconsin's looking to get on campus and hopefully impress. As I mentioned, Lincoln Kineholz, the 2023 quarterback, is one of them. Uh, but there's 10 others, including some, like I, said, like I said, top of the board guys that Wisconsin really wants to land. One of the big ones is uh, Tackett Curtis, linebacker out of Louisiana, will be on campus this weekend. Michael Gardner, defensive lineman out of Peoria, Arizona. That one, it seems to be that Wisconsin's kind of a little bit cooler in terms of his recruitment, um, it, but he hasn't really narrowed it down to uh, a, a terms of a cut list. So maybe Wisconsin can kind of really roll out all the stops and, and land a player like him. The other huge one, Joe Crocker uh, out of Nashville, Tennessee, offensive lineman, a big, very strong top prospect, very high in terms of, you know, for him in terms of Wisconsin on his board, Kentucky and Michigan State seem to be the other ones right now. He's only got, he's got a official visit on the board for Michigan State moving forward as well. Nothing for Kentucky quite yet, but very close to Kentucky. Maybe he's been there already. Khalil Tate also on campus this weekend. No, not that Khalil Tate out of Kenwood Academy in Chicago, Illinois. Seems to kind of be trending towards Wisconsin's direction, which is good. Also has Iowa. Um, He's got an official visit with the Hawkeyes uh, on the 24th, but Wisconsin will get first crack. And then he's also got a visit to Purdue next weekend. So a very good shot for Wisconsin to kind of wow them to start. You always want to kind of be first or last in these recruiting um, you know, these official visits, you know, you want to impress right out of the gate or get last crack to really wow a player like that. And this is a situation where Wisconsin gets the bat lead off for a player like Khalil Tate. Ashton Sanders, another one out of Los Angeles, defensive lineman, seems to be warm for Wisconsin, also warm for Cal. Wisconsin will go first, and then Cal will, he'll have a visit to uh, Cal the following weekend. So certainly a situation where Wisconsin kind of seems like the top two in, in a, a player for Ashton Sanders. Also visiting is Zach Orworth, the tight end out of St. Louis. We've talked about it so many times that Wisconsin's kind of trying to establish their presence in that St. Louis area. Again, they'll bat lead off for him June 3rd. He's got a visit to Minnesota the following week. He's got a a visit to Pittsburgh the week after that, and then Iowa the following week after that. So four straight for him, but certainly nice to see Wisconsin, again, getting that leadoff spot, trying to wow and make other players uh, kind of beat it. After that, James Duran, one of the lone offensive linemen commits out of Chandler, Arizona, will also be on campus. It'll be interesting to see if he can kind of put on his recruiting hat, kind of try to get you know after some of these other guys um, that are like Joe Crocker, like uh, Christopher Tarek, who we'll talk about in a minute here, try and kind of steer them as the other offensive line prospects on uh, campus 
over to the Badgers. Tyler Jancy, one of the other commits, will also be on campus this weekend. He's out of Batavia, Illinois. Maybe those two can kind of put on their recruiter hats to try to win some players over. The other one I mentioned, Christopher Tarek, is an offensive tackle uh, out of Glen Allen, Illinois, Glen Bard West. Uh, right now, he's got official visits lined up to Wisconsin as well as Iowa, uh, Michigan, and uh, Illinois. So Wisconsin will go first, and then he's got a visit to Michigan, Illinois, and Iowa the weeks after. Right now it seems like there's a 247 prediction in there for the Iowa Hawkeyes, so it does seem like he's going to be ending up there, but maybe Wisconsin can wow a little bit in that situation. And then finally, um, as we mentioned, Lincoln Kineholz will be one of the players. We've talked about his top four. And then Nate Johnson, quarterback, or excuse me, cornerback out of Clearwater, Florida. It's kind of interesting to see where Wisconsin's going to be. He'll go first there. He's also got a visit to Washington State, to Pitt, and to Boston College. So we'll see how Wisconsin kind of ends up there. But as you can see, a big weekend for Wisconsin athletics and Wisconsin football to get some of these guys on campus. Hopefully can wow them get some of these guys to cut down their lists and, and really make an impression to move forward. The 2023 class, now that you're getting official visits, scheduled and moving is really going to start taking off. And I would think a, a situation for the Badgers here to hopefully maybe close down some of these commitments. I don't know if anyone's quite close to doing that. And with other official visits scheduled, you usually they, they see them out. But I think there could be a situation where Wisconsin really, 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 you know, does well um, on some of these visits. Maybe they could close them down. But either way, it's nice to it's nice to uh, to see what the Badgers can do in some of those situations. But that wraps up everything on the football front. We've got other couple quick news stories to touch on for you before we get you out of here. The first being for Wisconsin basketball, a new offer for the 2023 class, and Garrick Normand, uh, six foot five player, really you know kind of guy that could play a little bit smaller at the forward um, or or excuse me smaller at shooting guard maybe at the small forward position. Really solid three-point stroke, can really play some solid defense if you watch his highlight tape, and also a guy that, that's pretty quick and can get to the rim. So it's a nice offer for the Badgers. Right now he's got a whole huge list of other offers that certainly could be in competition, but I think Wisconsin, in terms of these schools, very much up in the conversation with Colorado State, Kansas State, Missouri, New Mexico, Tennessee, Texas, Xavier, among others. I think it's a really good offer. You know, he's a player out of Texas, so some of these other schools, like I just mentioned, Texas, Tulsa, TCU, SMU, Oral Roberts, all ones that are around him, certainly will have a good shot, but maybe Wisconsin can pull him uh, north and try to pick up another player in that 2023 class. It's a situation where Wisconsin, of course, just landed Gus Yaldin, um, but you'd want to land probably another player in there, and it would make sense to have a guy like Garrick Norman, uh, 2023 guard slash forward, to help kind of fill out uh, the, the roster there moving forward. So keep an eye on that offer as we get closer and closer to basketball. 2023 offers closing up as well. To finish the episode off, I wanted to touch on some volleyball. The non-conference schedule also got announced for UW Volleyball this past week, and they've got a ton of tough games on there to get them ready for Big Ten play. You've got TCU, you've got Baylor, who's a dominant program year in and year out, Kentucky on the road, which will be a lot of fun for Badger fans to hopefully tune into. Uh, Of course, another dominating program that you've seen. Um, You've also got Marquette in there, high point. And then you've got, uh, after the Kentucky one, you play uh, Campbell while down there. And then the following week, they have a non-conference game with Florida. So a ton of really intriguing non-conference matchups for the Badgers as they kind of have this new look team. Um, I didn't mention, but that Baylor game will actually be a neutral site game in Fort Worth, Texas. But 
really cool to see that Wisconsin will um, you know, get the opportunity to play some of these good teams, get a look at this new team. As I mentioned, one of the non-conference games is against Marquette. That will be the first game in the Fieldhouse. Likely going to be a tough ticket to that one because that will be when Wisconsin raises their national championship banner, which will be very cool to see against an in-state rival like Marquette uh, is always uh, a nice one there as well. But plenty of other good tests for Wisconsin uh, in this non-conference schedule. It'll be really exciting to see this team, kind of a new era of Wisconsin volleyball, as we talked about it a couple weeks ago with Bremen. There's a lot of new faces, but this team should still be really, really good. And these will be the, the you know, these non-conference games will get you ready for you know, an even tougher Big Ten slate. You've got so many dominant programs in volleyball in terms of the Big Ten. So Wisconsin will really hit the gates running and, and hopefully get things tuned up for another grueling Big Ten season. All right, guys, that wraps up everything in the podcast. Talked about a lot today. You talked about baseball that doesn't even have a program anymore. You talked about some volleyball, some basketball, and, of course, a good amount of football. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. I'll be back with you sometime either later this week or, of course, next week, depending on the news that kind of comes out. We'll keep an eye on some of these recruits from this upcoming official visit weekend. We'll have plenty to likely talk about next week. As always, thank you for listening on Wisconsin.